Two Finger Guns Club presents 28 in 28 plus one. In this episode of 28 and 28, we're very excited to show you a little sneak peek into the world we're creating of the two failed fairy godfathers. Once upon a time, there lived two friends. Now, before you start wondering, these weren't, these aren't, just any two ordinary friends. And this isn't just any ordinary story. No, this is a tale that will take you into a world that most of you have chosen to ignore, have stopped believing might exist. This is a world inside your world, full of characters you might think you already know. But as with most things that lose their shine as you age out of childhood, these are not the characters from your fairy tales. And obviously, this immediately rules out the versions of fairy tales that most of you are now familiar with. You know, the sanitized ones with gorgeous, shiny-haired, large-eyed heroines and beefy, well-defined, jaw-lined heroes from the company that shall remain nameless here, who owns lands and worlds and entire realms of superheroes. No, this isn't that sort of fairy tale world. But it also isn't the world of the bleaker, older tellings of these tales, where children die and sleeping princesses wake up to find themselves pregnant and see princesses cut out their tongues. <laughs> I mean, those stories are at times closer, but whew, those brothers really got dark there, you know? Like, dark. And then a bunch of you parents were all like, you know who should hear these stories? Our children. Because nightmares just build character. <laughs> so anyways, it's neither of those versions. It's really a lot less exciting or surprising. It can be rather mundane. And if you think the bureaucratic red tape headaches you go through to get, say, a driver's license is bad, you should see what it's like to try and get your wand license from Radom. <laughs> there was this one time Ash was gonna go get his license and crawl meant crawl decided crawl decided to make a surprise string of paper snowflakes for him to brighten his day, but he'd run out of regular paper, so wait, sorry, I'm getting distracted here. What was I saying? Right. Two friends. Not just any two friends best friends. Well, Crawl would definitely call them the bestest of best friends, but Ash would probably just find a creative new way to groan. Ash Quilsby and Crawl Haxelnut met, well, I don't actually know where they met. It was a really long time ago and they sort of refused to talk about it. And no one else will talk about it either. Not even Oscar Hayes or the Easter Bunny as you might know him better. No, it's sort of unclear when Ash and Crawl met. It actually does have something to do with Oscar, but all three of them are rather cryptic about it. They sometimes refer to it as, quote unquote, the thing, and then they get all somber and stop talking. The only thing I know is that it happened not that long ago. Well, well, I guess for you guys, it would be a little bit different. Um, it would be a long time ago, I guess. Time's so different for you. <laughs> you have so very little of it, and then you're just all sort of gone. But yes, it happened a long time ago, and it happened somewhere close to New Orleans. Goldilocks has mentioned that a couple of times, but it's sort of hard to tell with Goldilocks what's true. It could just be one of their fantasies, where Ash and Crawl and Oscar were up to some mysterious thing in New Orleans. <laughs> Goldilocks probably just hopes that it was some big crazy orgy because they would just love the idea of Oscar in an orgy. Really, any opportunity to fantasize about Oscar, that's Goldilocks jam. That poor bunny, he really does not stand a chance now that he's become Goldilocks' object of affection. So, Ash and Crawl. I guess they initially bonded over their occupation. 
or the occupation they aspire to have, I guess. You see, Ash and Crawl both want, wanted, I'm, I'm not sure if they still want to, to be honest, after everything that's happened, but they wanted to be fairy godfathers. What, you don't think that men can be fairy godparents too? Well, in our literal magical world, full of animals who speak and shapeshifters who are furries and fairy godparents and witches and wizards and sentient objects and plants and the things that you honestly would have a hard time understanding, let alone believing, let me just say, men can be fairy godparents too. Well, I guess before I start giving us too much credit, um, we are far more progressive, as you might say, except for the fairy godparents. Um, most of our fairy godparents really are fairy godmothers. Uh, it's really our worst occupation for that, to be honest. But we all sort of blame you. I mean, our people have to interact with your people, and for some reason, a strange man sneaking in your window at night to find sleeping children and take their teeth, or a strange man obsessed with changing your clothes and deeply invested in your shoes, your see-through shoes, the kind where you can always see your feet through them, and then makes the key to your true love finding you again, that your true love has to go on some obsessive tour of the entire kingdom touching all the other women's feet. But yeah, for some reason, you all find that distasteful when done by a non-female godparent. Side note, you guys really should be way more terrified of the Tooth Fairy than you are. The Tooth Fairy is an exceptionally creepy creature. <laughs> so obsessed with human bones. But I digress. Back to Ash and Crawl. <laughs> they've had their hearts set on being fairy godfathers. They've taken all the classes, they've done all their training, they did their practicums, they did everything they could, but, well, their career path hasn't been the easiest or the most straightforward. And I mean, they haven't always made the right choices along the way, and they've both got so much weird baggage. But who doesn't, right? No one arrives at adulthood without a suitcase or two. Or three, or four, or five. <laughs> and crawl, well, <laughs> well crawl is crawl, and that really says it all. I guess not to you, not quite yet, but it will, trust me. If you stick around at least. And Ash, well the thing you need to know about Ash is that Ash is a legacy. The Quillsbees are a long and storied fairy godparenting family. All the big names have been Quillsbees. Like who, you ask? Well, technically I can't tell you, but all the fairy godparents that you can think of were probably Quillsbees, or at least were related. But I mean, really, if you think about it, if I told you their names right now, how many of you would actually know who I was talking about? They're usually just some side character with wings in your stories. But who am I, you ask? Well, that's a great question and a great story, but this isn't that story. The only thing you really need to know about me is that you can think of me as an omnipotent documentarian. I am a totally 100% reliable narrator, totally not self-interested at all, just telling a story that needs to be told. <laughs> Sometimes I can talk to the characters when I need to, but mostly I'll be watching this movie along with you, like your benevolent guide through this unfamiliar land. Anyways. Ash and Crawl have been trying hard to break through, to get their big break, as you might say. But life hasn't really gone their way, and it hasn't really been that kind to them. It rarely is, to any of us. So, this is a story of life not working out for Ash and Crawl, our failed fairy godfathers, about their friendship, about how they get through it all, and about how all of this happened to culminate at a time when our world was coming to a turning point and how Ash and Crawl found themselves in the eye of that particular storm. 
Listen, I get it. The whole there's a secret world full of characters you think you know and you really don't, it's a lot to take in. But if you've ever wondered about the real story behind the fairy who comes in to steal your teeth, or if you want to find out, like I do, about what actually happened down in New Orleans between Ash and Crawl and Oscar Hayes and maybe even Goldilocks. If you've ever had a dream and felt like the path towards that dream was constantly being blocked. If you've ever tried to do something and failed and failed again and then failed some more. Or heck, if you've ever just gotten drunk with some gnomes at a bar. Stick around. It'll be worth it. I promise. Executive production by Alex Lucier Craig, Alexa Jordans, and Tina Lullum. Technical direction by Tina Lullum. Creative direction by Alexa Jordans. This episode written and produced by Alexa Jordans. Created by Alex Lucier Craig and Alexa Jordans. Special thanks to Dora Stanzu for show coordination and other behind the scenes magic. Theme song by Louis Nagy. Stick around for the rest of the month. We have 29 episodes in total, and we're so excited to show you what we've been working on. If you like what you heard, you can follow us on social media, Two Finger Guns Club, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we're very excited to announce we have a Patreon. You can find us over at patreon.com slash tfgc. Like one of the episodes you heard on 28 and 28? Let us know on Patreon. When you become a member, you get the chance to vote for your favorite episode that we will be making into a full season. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.